everyone. Welcome to Victory Church. This is our worship service number 135, April 28, 2019. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? There you go. Let's stand up. Let's pray and let's get ready for beautiful songs that Tracy has for us this morning. Father, we worship you. We adore you. We thank you for this beautiful day. In the name of Jesus, Lord, receive the songs that we bring to you with all of our hearts. Amen. Calling me over, you're pulling me close. With love you surround me, you've given me hope. You're taking me
We are in your presence, Lord. We are grateful that we are alive. We are grateful that you are giving us life, one more day of life. And we know there are many, many, many more days of life ahead of us. And we thank you, Lord, for that, the gift of life. But also, Father, we are so grateful because of our salvation, because of that sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like we just sang, Lord, He has risen. And we say to you, Hallelujah, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, as we are here, with so much gratitude in our hearts. We lift up our hands to you, Lord, as a sign of adoration and also, Father, as a sign of surrendering. We surrender to you, Lord. We surrender to your authority. We surrender to your kindness. We surrender to your mercy. Because you deserve, Lord, our adoration. You deserve, Lord, that we bow down before you, that we surrender, that we just say, we want to be with you. We want to belong to you. And as we do this, Lord, we can sense the presence of your Holy Spirit coming down power, powerfully upon us. Your presence is real. You are the real God, Lord Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, king of the universe. You rule over everything that we see and what we even can't imagine exists. You are the true God. And your Holy Spirit, Lord, is being poured out right now in this moment as we worship you, Lord, to fill our hearts and empower us with light, with the truth, with freedom, with strength, and also with healing. So, Father, we claim healing in our bodies. As we receive more and more of your presence, we claim the healing, Lord, that comes from you, touching our minds, touching our nervous system, touching our bodies, each one of the organs, our extremities, bones, tendons, muscles, everything, Lord. You can change in our lives, and we worship you for that reason, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. For those viewers and listeners, go to vchurch.us. You will find a tab there. It says give online and you can do it or you can do it through a text message. 432-268-0007 to give to the Lord. Thank you for the time that you are investing watching this video from Victory Church. We hope that you will enjoy it. Thank you so much for watching. This is Victory Church, our worship service number 135, April 28, 2019.
And uh, the title of this message is The G Effect. The G Effect. I would like that everyone will have a bulletin. I already told you guys it's important. If you don't even use the bulletin, just take it with you and share it with somebody. In the back of the bulletin, you can see many wonderful scriptures. For our viewers, go to our website, vchurch.us, and look for the tab called Bulletins, and click there in the date, April 28, and download the bulletin, and you will have access to it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Are you ready for this message? The G effect. What, what is exactly the G effect? Well, the G effect, basically, the tiger effect, but it's the tiger, the real tiger, our God, Lord Almighty. And I have beautiful scriptures to share with you all this morning. And I want to invite you to read out loud with me this first scripture in Psalm 118, verse 14. Are you ready? I want to hear your voices. Come on. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Let's do it again. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. For how many of you, this scripture is a reality? How many of you have experienced that being in the presence of God, you received strength? When you were weak, he gave you the strength. When you were afraid, he gave you peace. When you were lost, he gave you direction. He is the strength of our lives. That is one of the beautiful Psalms, scriptures that we can recite here in the church. However, what about those moments when you feel chased? Do you remember in some point in your life, you felt that someone was after you? It was like a shadow. Some people feel that way. Some people have experienced that in the middle of the night, they are walking in their homes and they feel that there is something behind them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes it happens in the street, you know, and I think it's important to make here a very critical comment to all the ladies. Ladies, when you are outside shopping, doing your work, whatever, you always need to be extremely careful to to look around who is near you. And you have to be careful with those people, especially, you know, with all respect, but most of them, they are guys that you don't know when they they approach you. You have to be very careful about it. You you, you don't play uh, the good Samaritan in those contexts. No. No, no. You have to be careful and prudent because you don't know what's going on in the mind of those people. Correct? But there is is a moment that you you feel chased. You feel like someone is behind you. And sometimes who is behind you is a bank. It's a credit card. It's a lab exam coming with results. And you are like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? Right? But what about those moments when you feel exhausted? What about those moments when you are just about to start your work or your week and you are already tired? What about those moments when you are in the middle of the day 
and you just can't pick your lunch, and you just don't know what to eat or what to drink, and you just know that you are exhausted. And you just think, oh my goodness, and it's just Monday. I cannot wait to have a Friday night. <laughs> because it happens sometimes. The lack of energy, the lack of enthusiasm, the lack of health, the lack of money, the lack of a good relationship, the lack of peace in our homes, all those things can affect us and makes us feel exhausted. There is when that scripture is very important to recite. The Lord is my strength. But you know what this psalm says in the verse 8? It is better to trust in the Lord than to trust in people. Amen. And you may write that there in your bulletin. It is better to trust in the Lord than to trust in people. One day, I remember one of my friends uh, asked me, so you don't trust me, Gian? <laughs> because you say all the time that, it's better to trust in the Lord than to trust in people, so you don't trust me. And uh, kidding, I told him the story that what happened to me when I was growing up. I remember wanted to go to my cousins, and my dad said to me, when you arrive there, you call me to let me know you are there. And when you go with your cousin to see those friends, you call me to let me know that you are already in your friends. And when you come back to your cousins, you call me again to let me know you are back in, in your cousins. And when you come home, you call me again to let me know you are back home. I was probably 14 years old. And I said, Dad, I'm not that dumb. I, I can manage. You know, I'm going to use the public transportation. It's OK. Uh, I know what is the bus that I need to take. Why do you want me to call you? And ah, I see. You don't trust me, Dad. That's the problem. You don't trust me. My dad said to me, son, it's not that I don't trust you. Simply, I don't trust you. <laughs> and I thought, what that supposed to mean? <laughs> I didn't get it. Later, I understood. You know, as a parent, he was concerned for me. And naturally, he wanted to make sure that I was doing the right thing. But I told this story to my friend who asked me the question, do you trust me, Gian? And I said, well, this is what happened with my dad. But do you trust me, Gian? And I said, I will tell you what the scripture says, that I need to love you. And that is what you need to do with everyone around you. Love them. There is a level of trust, but not the, the trust that you are thinking that you know this person is going to do the job. This person is going to carry that thing. This person is going to do this or that. No, that kind of trust, that level of confidence. This, this scripture is talking about you putting your hope in somebody. Oh, this girl. This girl is going to transform my life. She is the one. <laughs> and the same thing happens with women. Oh, this guy. He is terrific. You know, he... A, B, C, the whole checklist, right? Oh, he is the one. This company, that's the real company. I met this guy, you know, he's phenomenal. He's the owner of this company. He owns like 10 other companies. He's phenomenal. He this and this and that. Do not trust in that matter, in that regard. Put all your hope in people. That is what the scripture is telling us. No. You put your trust 
in the Lord. That's what you need to do. In times of difficulty, believers are in risk of making a huge mistake. You know? What is that mistake? It's developing a mentality. It's called the entitlement mentality. And we are going to discuss four aspects that can tell you if you are or not entitled. Or if you know someone that is or not entitled. Are you ready for this? Quickly, what is the first sign of someone that is entitled? That person in the midst of trouble says, I will be fine. Someone is going to do something about it. That is the first sign. Entitled people just think that way. No, it doesn't matter what's going on. Someone is going to do something about it. In the company, there is a necessity there. And they say, no, someone is going to do something about it. I, I know that. In the house, there is a need in the house. Someone is going to do something about it. In the church, there is a need there. Someone is going to do something about it. That's the first sign of entitlement. The second sign is this. The person says, I will just see what happens. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. I'll just see what happens. Let's see. Let's see what happens. And the third sign, it's similar. The person says, I don't have to do anything. Simple as that. Someone is going to do it. I will just see what happens. I don't have to do anything. Fourth sign. The person feels, I deserve to be helped. You see? With those four signs, you can tell if someone is or is not entitled. And I know you are thinking of somebody. Somebody that you know and you are thinking, check, 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 check. This is exactly the definition of this person. It's exactly like that. Wherever we are, whatever the situation is, the mentality is, someone is going to do something about it. I'm going to just wait what happens. I don't have anything to do. You know, after all, I deserve to be helped. You see? That is a wrong attitude. And there are many believers that feel that way. You know? There are many adults that feel that way and act that way. And you know what they say? Well, the reason is because of the color of my skin. Because of the color of my skin, I, I, I suffer discrimination. And then they go in the line of entitlement. You notice? Some people say, well, you know, it's because of the country that I was born. That's why I, I just feel entitled. Uh, I, I was born without one ear. That's why. They find whatever reason to justify their entitlement. And that is a bad thing to do. When we are talking, guys, about the G effect and what is the meaning of that, and we recite the sound, the Lord is my strength, 
Here is one thing that you have to understand. Entitled people will never get strong. Say it with me. Entitled people will never get strong. They will never get strong. It's the opposite. They get weaker and weaker and weaker. Entitled people just, they don't want to do anything. Somebody has to fix it. Somebody has to do it. Now, when we understand that our strength comes from God, what is what we do? We pray, right? And we take our time to reflect. This is a tough situation. I got to do something about it. Here is where your mentors are important. The ones that you trust, you make a call, you send a text message. What do you think about this situation? Always ask for your mentor's view. You know, your mentor is not your boss. Your mentor is not your master. He is not your supervisor. Your mentor is someone who loves you and will give you his viewpoint or her viewpoint. You probably will find interesting this. One of my mentors is a lady. She was VP for a huge corporation here in America. And when I have certain questions and I reach out to my mentors, I include her. And I called, make an appointment, and I said, hey, Meryl, that's her name. Hey, Meryl, what would you do in this and this situation? And she will give me her viewpoint. Total different angle, total different perspective. You trust in the Lord, but you ask for someone's opinion. Because that will give you ideas of what to do. You see? Entitled people, they think, I don't need to call anybody. I already know what I'm going to do. What? Nothing. <laughs> Someone is going to do it. You see? It's a, the epitome of irresponsibility. In times of difficulty, true believers assume the right attitude before God. And what is that attitude, friends? It's not the entitled Entitlement mentality is the servant's mentality. A believer assumes the, uh, the attitude of a servant, servant of God, servant of God. And there are four signs as well. Here's the first one. The believer says, I will obey what the Bible says. I will do what the scripture says. If the scripture is telling me that this is what I should do, I will do what the scripture says. I don't need to guess it. That's why, friends, some of you that are struggling and you want to find solutions in your problems, you need to understand that the Bible is the word of God. The Bible will guide you to find solution. And the first thing is to surrender to God by admitting that his word is true. The Bible. Servant's mentality is this. Number one. You say, I will obey what the Bible says. The second characteristic of a God's servant is this. He says, I will put all my trust in the Lord. Not part of my trust, not a good portion of my trust. What is the word? All. I want to hear it, please. All. all. What is all? Is the absence of nothing. Is the completion, is a total trust in God. And everything you do, you put your trust in the Lord in the midst of your troubles. 
You just put your trust in the Lord. You are going through your week, finding difficulties in your work, struggling with health problems, trying to find a way to pay all the bills, or maybe even with huge technology challenges in your work, and you just don't know what to do, you will put all your trust in the Lord. You say, Father, I believe that you will help me to fix this problem. I don't know how. <laughs> Friends, I can tell you this, with all the technology that we use in the church, which is gigantic. Every single challenge that I have faced since we started Victoria Church, since the simple thing of connecting microphones with speakers and through the whole thing that we do now that is so professional, praise God. And every single one of those challenges, when I didn't know what to do, I read the manual, I make the phone call, I research online what to do in those, in each one of those instances, I came to the point where I knew that it was, for me, impossible to fix it. And I prayed. And I said, Lord, what can I do? I don't know. But I trust you, Lord. Because when you don't know what to do in your life or with things in your life, you put your trust in the Lord. And he will guide you. My testimony to you guys is this. And each one of those challenges, I pray the same thing. Father, I don't know what to do. Help me. Guide me. I trust you. Some of those things were fixed just by changing a switch. Just by turning on or off certain device. Other things were a little bit more complex. But in each one of those cases... I know that it was the Lord guiding me to talk to somebody or to read something or just experience something with the equipment, with the software. And every single time, voila, the solution. And you know what? And I was laughing after each challenge. And I still do that. I laugh and laugh and laugh. And I say to the Lord, you are good, Lord. How you can do that? You know everything. I just love it. I'm glad that I am a little bit done with those things, Father, because I can see your greatness by acknowledging my limitations. You see? You put all your trust in the Lord. That is the second characteristic of a God servant. And the third characteristic is this. The person says, I will do everything that I can do. You will do everything you can do. You try this, you try that, you try this, you try that. You don't give up easily. You just keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. You are trusting in the Lord. You are praying. And you do what you can. You are not going to be a crybaby. You are not going to be a little girl. That I don't know what to do. No, you are not going to be that kind of person. Yeah, we feel like that sometimes. I really don't know what to do. Yeah, but you know what? You try your best. Because the servant of God is a person that knows, listen, that the father of lights is the one who gives us all good gifts. Correct? Do we know that? 
He is the giver of all gifts. If someone needs wisdom, he will give us the wisdom. If someone needs strength, he will give us the strength. If someone needs resources, he will give us the resources. He is the source of our problems. All solutions come come from God. Correct? With that, that we find in the scripture, we believe the Bible. We put our trust in the Lord. Next thing, we do everything we can. We don't give up. We don't give up, guys. And there is where the strength of God is going to be in your lap. You will see it. You will sense it. And you will say, man, I was really tired. I just felt chased for these problems. I felt really exhausted. But by trusting in the Lord and doing what I can, I just feel energized. And you know what? I don't have the problem resolved, but I will keep on going. Lord, you will give me the strength. You will give me the strength, and I will find the solution to all problems. Sometimes, my friends, the problems that we are facing are so simple but complex at the same time. We are searching for something. Listen to this. It could be our pills, meds. It could be the key of a particular lock. It could be the username and password of this website. It could be your driver's license. Anything. A little thing that matches with other things. A little pocket to put something. Sometimes our problems are simple as that, but they are complex because without those things, we cannot do anything. But here is the, the look. I want you to see the big difference between them. The entitlement mentality and the servant's mentality. The entitlement mentality leads to the person to say, I don't know, is that that thing? I just can't find it. I just don't know what to do with this case. I, I give up. I don't care. Someone has to do it. And then we develop this attitude of demanding from others to fix our problem. I need someone to come here and fix it right away. Right away. The servant's mentality is is different. It's thinking and praying and says, I got to continue looking for this thing. I got to continue putting my effort in this thing. You see, the one that is entitled gives up quickly. That's why it becomes so weak. But if you are a servant of God... You will continue searching, you will continue working, you will continue looking for, you will continue putting effort, and then is when you get stronger and stronger. Your strength comes from the Lord, but you are doing your part. You are doing everything you can. That is the big difference. And you see that in a home. Go to houses, and you will see the entitled ones and the servants ones. Go to companies. You see the entitled ones and the servants ones. Go to churches, and you see the entitled ones and the servants ones. Go everywhere. You will find it. the entitled ones. What is the mentality? I don't know. Somebody has to fix it. I'm not going to do it. And the servants ones are thinking, okay, well, we're going to look for the solution. You see? 
The fourth sign of a servant of God is that knows that everything he does or she does is because of God. And the person says, I must serve God and everyone around me. Now, I would like to invite you. Say that out loud with me. I must serve God and everyone around me. Okay, one more time. I must serve God and everyone around me. That's the true servant. But what is what we usually think? Well, I, I sh- this is what we say. I must, no, I should. Well, I sometimes serve God. <laughs> you see? That's the first thing that we say. Well, sometimes I serve God. I barely will serve somebody else. You see, the true servant always serves God and everything he or she does and is willing to serve everyone around. Everyone, Jian, everyone. Everyone. That is what we are called to serve. Isn't it that what the Lord Jesus said? I came to give my life and serve you. Isn't it that what the Lord Jesus did? Served us. Isn't that what the Lord does for us? He provides for us. He serves us. He he gives everything he can so we can do our job. That is the servant's heart. And you don't care if the ones around you appreciate your, your service or not. Trust me. Trust me. For those who are working in companies and they feel that the rest are taking advantage of you, I want you to know this. If you keep working hard and you served The Lord, if you serve the Lord with all your heart and you serve everyone around you, someone is going to watch you. And someone is going to say, I want that person to work for me. I promise you, the Lord is going to take you to higher places, to better places when you serve others. But not as a mask. Just to pretend. No, when you do it for real. You do it in your home. You do it in your church. You do it in your school. You do it in your neighborhood. You do it everywhere you are. It's a servant's heart. And then is when you, you get the G effect. The power of God in you. It's by serving the Lord. Believers should not behave like little children that only want to play. Have you ever heard a little kid say, Good morning, mommy. Can I do the dishes this morning? <laughs> Can you imagine the little one said, oh, Mom, Dad, don't worry about your bedroom. I got it. I'm going to clean up your bedroom. I'm going to make your bed. <laughs> Whatever. No. Little children. What is what little children do? Play. They play. Now watch in life. What is what happens? There are ones that are, the only thing that they want to do is what? To play. And they have mustaches and beards. And the women, you know, women, you know, they are grown up. I mean, it doesn't matter how old the person is, but you see the big difference. There are a bunch of children out there. All that they want to do is to play. They don't want to assume responsibilities. And why is what children want to play? <laughs> because they are, they are little ones. That's the reason. These kids are entitled to do that. Let me show you the, the label here. 
They are entitled because what? They are little kids. They are little kids. So in your home, the little ones, they are entitled because they are little ones. But can you imagine you have grown up children and they are in bed and they are expecting that you will come and you rub their heads and their backs. Sweetie, it's time to go to work. I don't want to go to work, mama. Yeah, but you are 35 years old. <laughs> you are 42. You live in my home, son. How do you want your eggs? You are 62 years old, daughter. What do you want me to buy you in the grocery store? I'll bring it for you. You see? Children are entitled because they are little ones. But adults, no. We should do what we need to do, what we can do. And I don't want to put anyone down. Friends, if there are some things that we can do because of health reasons or financial reasons, that's understandable too. It's very understandable. However, we know, according with Psalm 18, 14, that the Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. God will give us his strength. He will give us his strength. He will. But we need to become warriors. People ready to go to battle every morning. Ready to go to battle. That should be your case. You wake up thinking, okay, okay, Lord, give me the strength. Give me the strength because I got to do certain things today. I don't have the strength, but I will find it. You will give it to me, Lord. And I will trust, Father, in you that you will help me. You don't rely on people to do things for you. There are some things that people will do for you. They will help you. But your life, who is responsible of your life? You, pastor. <laughs> no, I'm not. My mama. My daddy. My daddy. My husband. My husband. Oh, my wife. Yeah, mama, wife. No. No. Everyone is responsible for his own life. Meaning what? Everything that you need to take care of. Everything. And you will find people that will help you. But don't, don't rely on them. Don't put all the, the load on, and burden on those people. That's not right. Listen to this short story that you have read before, please. Oh, please. Mistaken. I know no, this Jesus they speak of, no one have ever heard of him. No! Just keep quiet here! Don't you know you're on sacred ground? Thank you. 
that you betray the Lord, that you betray yourself. Maybe you, you have said that prayer. My God, my Lord, help me. Several here, including myself, we have lived horrible experiences in life that we were like Peter. Alone, in the rain, in the middle of the storm, on our knees, yelling, God, my Lord, please help me. Because God always will help us when we come to him. Don't, don't you ever forget that. Sometimes we, we, we make wrong decisions. And it's possible that we have been a little bit entitled in certain things. Think about it. Perhaps you have been a little bit entitled about certain things. Today is a good day to change that and say, Lord, I, I need to change. I, I need to do different things. You know, the people of Israel lived experiences like that over and over again. But this is the most important question we need to ask ourselves. What could, what could we do without you, Lord? Lord, what could we do without you? There is nothing that we can do without him. We, we need him. And the prophet Hosea in the chapter 10 tells us things about Israel. Listen to this. The people of Israel tried to trick God. <laughs> Isn't it familiar that? Tried to trick God, but now they must accept their guilt. He will break down their altars and destroy their memorial stones. If you plant goodness, you will harvest faithful love. Plow your ground and you will harvest with the Lord. He will come and he will make goodness fall on, your, on you like rain. But you planted evil and you harvested trouble. You ate the fruit of your lies because you had trusted in your power and your soldiers. Israel you fell and sinned against God. So come back to the Lord your God. Think about what you will say. And come back to the Lord. Say to him, take our sin. And accept these words as our sacrifice. We offer you the praise from our lips. The Lord says, I will forgive them for leaving me. I will show them my love without limits. Because I have stopped being angry. I will be like the dough to Israel. Israel will blossom like the lily. The people of Israel will again live under my protection. They will grow like grain. They will bloom like a vine. The promise of God. The promise of God. It happened to Israel. It happens to us. 
we get lost, we, we get confused, we just go in the wrong direction. But now we need to come back to, to the source of our strength, which is our Lord God Almighty. And receive from Him that strength, that wisdom, that understanding about what we need to do. And then you will be like this tiger. You can have a comeback, you know. The Lord is the specialist in giving us second chances and third chances and fourth chances. He will always give us a new chance. You have a new chance to do it again. A new opportunity to do everything again. You can say, Father, you know, I, I messed up <laughs> big time in many areas. All that we need to do is reconnect with God. How do we do that? By opening our hearts. Join me in this prayer, please. Dear God, I acknowledge that I am wrong. I confess my sins before you. I am sorry that I have been prideful and entitled. You are good, Lord. You are merciful. I am sorry. I am truly sorry. I know you have wonderful plans for me. I am sorry that I have sinned against you. Please forgive me, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will give me a new opportunity to restart my life. I need to change. Please help me, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. And thank you for your forgiveness. I surrender to you, Lord. I love you, God. With faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, receive the forgiveness that comes from heaven right now in your heart. The peace that surpasses all understanding. And we say, thank you, Father. Thank you. And all together declare, I am forgiven and saved by faith in Jesus. My life is going to be great and blessed this year, 2019. Thank you, friends, for coming up to church. You are blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a beautiful weekend. Enjoy your family and friends. See you next Sunday. Anytime my heart turns from darkness to light. Anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight. Anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served. I know, I know, I know, I know. We appreciate so much your time invested with Victory Church in Odessa, Texas.